Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. It's time for Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. How exciting. Yay! We're going to listen to some beautiful music by a band called Sunk. And S-U-N-Q. It's Guinevere Q, no big fucking deal. And Young Sun doing stuff. We're going to listen to them for just a sec while we get ready for all of our amazing comedians tonight on Mutiny's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay! some jokes and stuff we've got uh we've got comedians here it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm just gonna start it up right in the beginning with the oh you want to sit in the splash zone awesome yeah i'm into oh sweet oh my god glinda's team yay well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna juice all over you guys right now because i'm going through pre-menopausal shit so there's no juicing anywhere it's just a lot of sweaty smelly bush up here right now it's like wow it's so weird i wake up and i'm i'm so sweaty i think that i peed the bed but no i'm just going through menopause <laughs> it's not even like oh i'm an alcoholic going through night sweats no i didn't even drink last night and i am wet it is weird and i smell funny yay i'm 45 yay I had no idea that this was going to happen to me. Nobody talks about menopause. I thought this was like a 60-year-old lady thing. Oh, no. It's like right now. (laughs) I've never wanted a baby before. But suddenly, like, I'm like, oh, does my life have any meaning? I, I, I... I'm actually really excited because finally that I'm going through menopause, I can get a tattoo right here above my uterus of a tiny skeleton baby kitten, like a tiny kitten. That's the only thing I ever want to birth, like a tiny fuzzy little darling thing, except that kittens, when they're born, have teeth. Oh, oh yeah. You know what? 
mama cats with eight nipples and all those little babies have teeth. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Isn't that funny? What are pussy tits made out of? <laughs> Kevlar? Like it's Seriously, I mean, we need to like research this shit and put it on a NASA spaceship because it is, all kittens are born with teeth <laughs> and they milk suckle teats with teeth. No one, <laughs> men, they just don't get it, right? Is there, oh, but pussies are so weak. I'm like, cats are alien overlords. Bow to them, you assholes, with like one paw, like the Chinese. You bow to those bitches. My brother last night was like, I just don't like cats. And I'm like, oh, because you could never admit that something's better than you. Is that right? <laughs> cats are better than you. They are awesome. Like this tiny hat. <laughs> don't you think I look cute in this hat? I love South Park, it's so good. Let's sing a song and then we'll get right started because we have comedians that need to go to other shows. Hell yeah! M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi! These are all edibles and everyone can eat as many as they want. They're only 15 milligrams. Let's all have a fun time. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! You're already here. I'm wearing a really cute hat and like five pieces of makeup. Like I'm wearing, I'm seriously only wearing like five actual parts of makeup and all day people were like, girl, like I've never felt so beautiful. <laughs> it's like cat calling be damned. I feel pretty. <laughs> like The tenderloin guys noticed me. Uh, you're, you guys can mad dog each other. I don't know who has to go to a show earlier. If you want to, who wants to, they're both so pretty. They're, they, uh, they, are, they, are both, they are both so pretty, and I'm sure they get catcalled on the street all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, your first comedian of the night, what a joy. What a wonderment. I'm so excited to have him here every time. Put your hands together for Ian Levy. Yay! Oh, it's me. Oh, oh, thank you very much. Oh, yay. Yay, it's me. Oh. Do, uh, do animals lose teeth like we do? Oh, okay. I regret asking. It's, uh, no, it's good. It's, it's, it's a weird. That's a weird thing that we just accept that we all lose teeth. Is it? Is it? Oh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe um. But it's just it, it just happens, and then it, yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's not going anywhere. Um, I I could uh talk about me. Uh, what's new in my life? I am a uh, nanny, or as we say in the biz, a manny. That's what I've been told. I am called. Uh, I do it through an app like Uber. Uh, so I just show up to people's houses and I go, I here for your children, and they go, Oh great, here they are, and then they give them uh their children, and it's uh it's going pretty well. I recently had a kind of a strange experience. Where I took, uh, I was watching uh, a, a four-year-old boy. It's the only time I can say I was watching a four-year-old boy. And it's not totally. It's just, uh, but I was watching a, the, a child, um, and he. Uh, we went to a playground, um, and there was a bunch of other people there, and they were all nannies. It was just a bunch of me and a bunch of other nannies uh, at the playground, and I was crushing it. Like I was doing the. I was the only one. They were all sitting just on their phones. I was like up on the playground. Like, the floor is lava. You know, like we were having a good time. 
Uh, and there's a bit, he was too tiny to use uh, monkey bars. So there was a bit where I just picked him up and carried him and he just kind of mimed doing monkey bars. Uh, and then this little girl who came up to me and was like, oh, can you carry me next? Uh, and I had to tell her like, no, ooh, gross, get away from me. Are you crazy? I probably can't be talking to you right now. That's probably, could you imagine if I picked her up and her mom came over like, what are you doing? I was like, she was asking for it. You know, that was like, that was, that was terrible, right? I can't do that. That's, I'll go to a bad place. <laughs> I'll have to go live on Jeremy Epstein's island. <laughs> oh dear, okay. That's, that's, the, that's the kind of fun tags I'll only ever use at Mutiny Radio. So, ah, fun fun time um what else have i been up to recently i went to a wedding recently um and there was arranged seating at the why do we still do arranged seatings at weddings i don't actually know i don't is there any other social function where that's like a thing that's has there ever been like a funeral where they're like oh you also have to sit next to someone you barely know or, okay i don't know it's, i i just think you shouldn't arrange like I don't know. Unless you're Indian, just don't arrange anything at a wedding, right? Like, let's just have it all. I I think people take weddings way too. They're way too intense about weddings. I I have a lot of strong opinions at weddings because uh, I I worked uh, bussing tables for like four years at a wedding venue, um, and so I have a lot of strong opinions on fondant that I didn't know I would have by this point. It's terrible. It's it's the it's the worst. It is, if Instagram was a flavor, it'd be fondant, where it looks good, but it's horrible in every other. It is no actual function other than looking nice. But I, I would say the, uh, the nicest wedding I ever went to uh, was actually my dad's wedding. Uh, and I was about one of four people in attendance, uh, and they did it at Sacramento City Hall. Uh, and it was to the po it was like in this little room that looked like the DMV, uh, but everyone was wearing uh, tuxedos and wedding dresses. And they straight up, my dad he took a number, and then they're like forty six, and then he goes up, uh, and then he got married. I would say the only thing that would have made his wedding nicer is if he was marrying my mom. But other than that, everything was great. Everything was perfect. But uh, no, was, no, I I like his wife. She's very nice. I. Uh, <laughs> If you're out there, Debbie, <laughs> uh, <you're>, uh, <laughs> can I say, okay, I, um, this is, this is kind of weird. I had, uh, this is, isn't really a joke. This is just a thing that happened to me recently. I took, um, I found someone's cell phone, uh, on the street recently. Uh, and I was able to, through using Siri and go, uh, oh, call last call. Uh, and it called like someone who was connected to the person. I managed to get the person their phone back. Uh, I, I connected with them and then they came into my work the next day and I gave them their phone. And the woman who lost her phone, she was very nice. Uh, she gave me a Jamba Juice gift card, which I wasn't expecting. It was very nice. I was like, oh, that's very friendly. Uh, and I took that Jamba Juice gift card today uh, and I went and I bought uh, a smoothie and it turns out she had put $1.90 on the Jamba Juice gift card. So then I ended up paying $5 for a Jamba Juice I didn't really want that much. Which at that point, I, I wish I'd never picked up that phone. It, was, it, fucking, it fucking sucks. It's was, it was a terrible, terrible investment, a waste of my time. I don't know. Uh, People have, I've been told by people that you're never supposed to uh, talk about a woman's age. Uh, so I don't understand why my girlfriend gets upset when I forget her birthday. 
uh-huh huh? all right i thought i'm being a good but she's like you never you don't know my birthday i'm like i don't know how old you are like is that a okay this give me a hint who was president when you were born gerald ford really oh <laughs> didn't see that coming okay i'm gonna be honest <laughs> uh dear i don't know what i'm what i'm doing I work in a um, a cafe. It's very uh, interesting play. I have a lot of people come in and order really fancy stuff. Oh, you could. Ju that's it's just my phone. It's not important. It's a Virgin Mobile phone. So if you sit on it, then it just becomes a mobile phone. So <laughs> come on. Ah yeah. Ah, ah yeah. Oh dear, this is terrible. After this, I'm quitting comedy. So <laughs> don't worry. Um, yeah. I um my uh. I don't know what else I would talk about. I uh, I work in a um, a comic book shop uh, one day a week. I have like four different jobs. Uh, I work at a comic book shop, and I uh, it's a weird job because all day is there's a big. Do you guys know the Infinity Gauntlet from like the Marvel movies? There's a big. Uh, do you know the Infinity? It's like the big. Have you seen like it's like the glove thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have a big like a. Uh, it's it's uh, made of uh, latex one that people could like put on and all day uh when i work it's just small children and grown men asking can i put on the glove and i go like yeah of course and they're just having a good time they're they don't care they're having uh man a guy spent 350 dollars on comic books today uh and i asked what he did and he said he works at a startup and so i stabbed him no i know it, it was terrible it was he was, was very nice um I, uh, I like, um, you know, I don't even know what I, I, I have all my normal jokes, but I'm just, I'm just kind of, uh, freewheeling it. What, what's, uh, is that a pupusa? Yeah, Bean and cheese. That's what I get too. Are you vegetarian? No. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot, hot taste. Uh, d did you get it from the place across the street? <sighs> cool. Okay, that's that's fair. Do you like to gamble at all? <laughs> keno. Keno? What? What? Is it like a diet or? I don't. Know. It sounds like one. I'm on the keno. So you're playing bingo. Yeah. It's different. Why? Less active than. Have you been to a bingo hall? That sounds terrible. It was. I um that 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 sounds like the the worst gambling I've ever. I would have rather been part of. Remember when they gambled off the draft in Vietnam? I would have rather done that than play your. Is that a crazy thing that we do? You guys, I mean, I wasn't alive. I've just read about it in books, but um, or I mean, watched about it in YouTube videos. Really, if we're being honest. But uh, do you guys do you guys know we did that? That we just. It was like a like a lottery. We just pulled out numbers and like, oh, you're going to Vietnam. 
Yeah. Now I work in a cafe, so I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, I uh, one minute. Okay, that's that sounds fair. The oldest pastries I've ever eaten. Uh, your mom's pussy. Oh no, I, I don't know where I. I, I just I, uh, that's terrible. I I regret saying that. I'm sorry. I just snapped into old comic. Uh, the oldest pastry I've ever eaten. Probably like a week old. Probably like a croissant or something. Yeah, it was, it was pretty. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. This is my Ed McMahon over there, but um, pretty. Okay. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I um. Well, why why do you ask? Do you like old pastries? Maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do I have a hookup? I do get a lot of uh, free pastries. I'm sick of them, and I just pack them up, and I give them to people. I usually give them to people out on the street, and I've only had one. I once, I've only had a person turn it down once. Uh, this this older man who was sleep on a sleeping bag on the side of the street, and I offered him a full oatmeal cake, uh, and he said, no thanks, I have diabetes. Um, and that's probably a pretty sad way to end my, my big uh, comedy show. But it's true that did that did happen to me. So uh, uh, hopefully that man is okay. Okay, that's my time. Get it for Pam Benjamin. Yay! Ian Levy, everyone! Yay! Vietnam references. One, two, three. What are we fighting for? Whoopee! Don't ask me. I don't give a damn. Next stop is Vietnam. Then it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Whoopee! Yeah, ain't no time to wonder why. Whoopee! We're all gonna die. That's Country Joe and the Fish. Yay! Give it up for my dad for having musical taste. Yay! <laughs> He had things called vinyl, and I used to, I used to mess them up as a child. I used to lift the vinyl is real. <laughs> anyway, so this is thank you guys for being here. Wow, like the Vikings have just descended on Mutiny Radio. This guy's like six three. This guy's six four. Here they are. We're all gonna fight with swords in a second. I love it. <laughs> I can't. Bring out the swords, Polly Pop-Tart. I can't wait. I'm. We have, it's a very exciting night here tonight. There's edibles up in the front. If anybody wants, you just grab one. They're 15 milligrams. They're super delicious and super fun. Gina, we'll just throw one at you there, girl. Yeah. Come on up. I got an edible. I make edibles. It's a thing I do. Did you get yeah, one? You get Did you want what you got? You get, I feel like Oprah. Like, you get an edible. You get an edible. Everyone gets high. Woo! Whoopi, we're all gonna die. Your next comedian, what a joy and wonderment she is. She used, no, you are. You're, and she, I love your Instagram, not Instagram. I don't know if it's your Instagram handle, but it's your, it is Instagram. Twitter is different. I'm an old lady, I don't understand. But she's a hoe grammar. She's a hoe grammar because she's a pro, because she's so smart. She's so much smart. She speaks all these languages, but she's also wicked funny. She clearly speaks the language of comedy. Put your hands together for Annette Mullaney. Yay! Thank you. Hey, guys. Um, Ian, I think there is a point to uh, having assigned seats at a wedding. Um, I've been to about, I don't know, 20 
fucking weddings in the past three years. And uh, they tell you where to sit so you know how unimportant you are to this couple <laughs> that you've flown out to see, that you've spent money on a dress. I flew to fucking Pittsburgh. I flew to India once and I was still table 13 in the back. It was bullshit. Um, I'm also like, they, they always stick me with the weirdos. It's like me and the cousin that got out of jail. It's the island of misfit fucking singles. Um, but I think that's the purpose. I'm assuming. I've never actually seen the wedding happen. I've always been in the back, but I hear they're lovely. Um, that and the fact I've never been invited to be a bridesmaid makes me feel like I've been a bad friend, but a really lucky one. Because I don't see the point of being a bridesmaid. You buy a dress you don't want, you spend a lot of money, uh, you find out how much of a bitch your friend is. I don't see the point. Um, I'm excited to try this weed. I've been uh, trying to smoke more weed this year. Thank you. Uh, it is a struggle. My God, it's honestly been, it was my New Year's resolution and I'm working on it. Um, are you guys familiar with an Irish goodbye? Where you, yeah, you drink too much and you just leave the party without telling anyone. I've been working on the Cali fade, which is where I get too high to party and have to leave without saying anything to anyone because I am having really high anxiety. Uh, Oh God, I want to get there someday. I, uh, I always make the same mistake where I show up at the party and I'm like, a joint, yeah, I'm cool. Oh God, oh God, <laughs> there's people here I should leave. Uh, <laughs> I didn't used to be this way, I used to be cool. Like for, I don't know, six, seven years, I was a daily toker, yeah. I was a fucking pothead, a weed person. Um, it was really cool, I don't know what happened at some point it just switched. I would smoke up and I'd be like, oh God, taxes, global warming, earthquakes. Um, I can't ride BART high anymore. I've had way too many anxiety attacks in the tunnel underneath the bay where I'm just like, oh no, the earthquake's gonna hit. We're all gonna die. Everyone in here can bench less than me. We're in trouble. <laughs> um, like don't sit in a cart full of programmers if you're gonna get in an earthquake is what I've decided. Like. I think the best thing is like, honestly, the tweakers, they have the energy, they have the stamina, they have the survival skills. You want several of them in your cart, they'll tunnel their way out, you just follow them. Um, I have been working on smoking more. Uh, I miss it, man, I miss it, not just cause you know, it's cool, but um, I'm trying to do that instead of drinking more. Yeah, right now I'm uh, 12 days without drinking. Thank you. I gotta tell you, I already feel so much better. Like um, last night, I was up until 6 a.m. and I felt so much better doing ketamine <laughs> than I normally would. I feel like it's the not drinking. I feel like a new woman. Uh, um, ketamine is, by the way, the best drug if you haven't tried it. Uh, we got K-heads in the house. Ooh, anybody, anybody unaware of ketamine? Anybody not a fan? Don't know, not a fan? Oh God, dude, it's the best one. Um, oh, you would know if you took enough. It's, uh, it's great and you can also get it legally prescribed now. Yeah, my ketamine dealer is my shrink. That came up in session, he went like, yo, uh, would you like some ketamine? 
And I said, always, but I feel like we shouldn't do that here. <laughs> said, no, no, no. The FDA approved it for the treatment of depression in uh, October of last year. Yeah, you can fucking get a script, go down to a nice little pharmacy over in Soma, and a nice lady in a lab coat will walk you over to the side and take you through the scariest list of side effects I've ever heard <laughs> for a drug. If I had to get all my drugs from a nice, educated lady who in very sobering language told me all the things that could go wrong, I feel like I would have done less of them in my life. <sighs> oh my God, you guys. I was like, I literally had spent the weekend before at a music festival, sent myself into two K-holes accidentally. And then I'm standing in front of this lady and she's like, okay, now you're gonna wanna do this at night. You're gonna wanna make sure you've already gone to the bathroom and that you have water near you because you're not gonna be able to walk. I thought this was a sub-recreational dose. And she goes, no, 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 it's a sub-anesthetic dose. We're trying to put you in a K-hole every 36 hours. Yeah, for 10 days, that is the treatment for depression. Uh, it turns out it, you can't be depressed if you are not yourself. <laughs> complete, it was great, you guys. I gotta say, it worked really well. I completely disassociated, and I was like, damn, that bitch is sad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm smoking weed, it's great. Uh, no, the lady took me aside, um, and she was like, okay, yeah. Be careful, you won't be able to walk. Um, and just, you know, be careful. Watch out for bladder infections and cognitive decline. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, when will what, the cognitive decline? She's like, it, in most cases, it resolves within a few weeks. <laughs> so, you know, if I seem to stumble over my words up here, y'all know why. Uh, and please let me know if I do, because I'm afraid that my cognition will decline to the point that I don't even recognize the decline. We'll see. Um, I feel like that might be an ignorance is bliss situation. Like, if you just keep getting dumber but you don't notice, is that even worse? How would you know? Um, but I'm trying to smoke more weed because I want to exercise more. Right, we all, we all love to work out high, right? Ah, oh, love it. What are our favorite things to do high? Workouts only, of course. Call them out, call them out. What's your favorite workout when you're high? Yoga, uh, they clean up dog shit in my backyard. That sounds rigorous. How much is your dog shitting that that is a workout? You should maybe get them on some different food. <laughs> like if you're actually getting arm gains from that, like, feel. Your dog's, like more fiber, maybe, in your dog's diet. Uh, what else, what other workouts when you're high? Come on, we all love it, right? Yoga, oh shit. Dude, most of the time in yoga, I'm so pissed off because the nice lady is like telling me to do good with my yoga and put good vibes out into the universe and like breathe and focus on myself. And I'm like, I am just trying to get hot. Fucking. <laughs> Which pose makes me skinny? Um, which apparently is the wrong attitude. But when I get high and do yoga, I don't even know what a chakra is, but they fucking align. Oh, I'm like, yes, we are doing good. Put this energy out there. This is my charities. Thinking about good stuff while doing yoga. <laughs> I don't need to donate now. I thought so many good thoughts in yoga. Um, 
You guys ever try running high? Oof. I have never felt so fast. Oh my God. It turns out I'm running really slow, but I feel so fast. I'm like, whoosh, whoosh. Wind is blowing by me. And then like a small child in a slight hurry walks by me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, it's, <laughs> he's a fucking elite athlete. <laughs> How is he doing that? Um, favorite thing to do while high though is lift weights. You guys fans, right? Cause what's the hardest part about lifting weights? Counting, yes, 100%. <laughs> I get high enough though. Ooh, I'm like one, two. I wonder. Oh fuck, it's been an hour. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking jacked. <laughs> Just have to make sure I forget to count the same on the other side. Hours go by in the gym. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, let's see. I uh, just had a birthday. Yay. Thank you. Um, usually I'm pretty chill about my birthdays. This one's hitting a little weird though, cause um, I just met a dude my age who is a grandpa. Whoa. Yeah, fucking blew my mind. Uh, made me reevaluate some of the things I think about life. Um, for example, you don't have to be old to be a grandparent. You just have to have a kid who doesn't learn from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, like physically, I could be a grandma, oh my God. Um, not definitely, I'm not trying to have kids. Um, my dude thinks maybe he wants kids, it's a little awkward right now. Um, and you know what, I do, think, I do think he would make a great dad. The only problem is that I would make a great dad <laughs> as well. <laughs> like that's the level of parental investment I'm willing to put in. Like, I'll definitely, you know, like, oh, baby, you're, you're pregnant and sick. That's a bummer. I will toast this whiskey to you, bae. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, fatherhood is like the level. Uh, maybe like 50s fatherhood, honestly. Not even like modern fatherhood. Like, I can work, come home, ignore the kid for an hour, hour tousle his hair, throw a ball, say fetch. Like, I can, I can do that shit. Um... Let's see, I got the minute light. Let's see if I have anything quick. Oh, uh, I'm injured. I worked out too hard. I uh, <laughs> got too high. It happens. Um, eh, that's enough. That's good. All right, thank you guys so much. I've been Annette Mulaney. Give it up for Pam. I want to fist bump with her abs. Oh, Manette Mulaney. Oh, oh, I love you. You're so young. Everybody give it up for Manette Mulaney. Yay. I used to work out. I used to work out high. But now, you know, it's too hard to run drunk because I'm so old that I can fall down at any moment. You know what I mean? Like, I often think about my skateboarding days when I knew how to roll the shoulder and I'll sort of be running up a hill because I'm like the bus. Anyway, I can't get it's two, it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm running to the tenderloin uphill. All right. And I'm like, if I fall, I can roll with the shoulder, but I'm running uphill, so I'm going to be okay. Like, there's like I'd really have to fuck with physics, you know, like. I haven't done a cartwheel in like 
three and a half years. And I know I need to do it because it's a skill I have to keep. Otherwise, I'm old. That and handstands. Things I used to do all the time. And now I'm like, oh, if I do one now, will I collapse on my head? Ah. <laughs> People, I, I recently, in, in um, April, I lost my sense of taste and smell, and it's really difficult because I cook for a living. Ha <laughs> ha Oh, it's so funny. It's like God is testing me. Oh, is it, I feel like Job. I'm like, really? You're going to take away the thing that's most important to me? Ha <laughs> Cool. That's cool. Whatever. But people keep asking me, did you hit your head? Did you hit your head? And I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> like, are you like, kidding me? <laughs> did I hit my head? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> like, <sighs> falling off a stool. Uh, years and years ago, there was this great back room at Bender's where you could smoke inside. And, and they forgot me there one night and I was writing poetry like an asshole. Back when they used to have sake, they used to have a nigiri sake in a bottle for six bucks. So for two of those, which was 12 bucks, 14 with tip, I was wasted. And I'd hang out in this back smoking room and smoke cigarettes and like write poetry on my typewriter that I would bring. And like I was sitting on a stool one night and I fell off the stool and I gave myself a black eye and I took a picture of it and I sent it to my mom and I'm like I'm a poet in San Francisco (laughs) and that's like the last conversation we had (laughs) no she actually texted me for the first time like seven years ago and she said Jesus is calling you I'm like no you're texting me it's a miracle (laughs) like you understand (laughs) wow it's it's crazy my family's weird. We're really Christian. We'll get into it later. Your next comedian, I, I, I mean, do you want to, are you, are you ready? You know, she's ready. <laughs> is she ready? Oh, I am so excited about your next comedian. She is incredible and hosts all over the United States as the introductor of the best drag queen names in the history of ever. You're going to love your experience right now when you get to experience the joy and wonderment of Polly Pop-Tart. Yay, Polly Pop-Tart, yay! Give it up for Pam! That's how that works, great. So my name is Polly Pop-Tart, the original drag intro comedian. Thank you. I've got a great cast to introduce tonight, but I'm going to need your help. So when I say, oh, oh, you say, is she ready? Let's, let's do a trial run first, all right? Oh, oh. Is she ready? Her Torah portion is the classic tale of a bad romance. Welcome to the stage, Lady Synagoga. <laughs> Thank you. Lady Synagoga is a real queen in New York City. So my first job was as a lifeguard, and it was the best and easiest job in the world. But boy, was it repetitive. Show up hungover, fall asleep on the stand, (laughs) clean dead bodies out of the pool. (laughs) Just always the same. But drag is always changing, which is why I love it. See, my New York mother didn't teach me anything about makeup, but my drag mother sure did. And her makeup was so good, is so good, she could pull trade from all around the world. Oh, oh? Is she ready? 
She's the New York queen who's known for rocking a pretty bomb, smoky eye. Welcome to the stage, Neil Evan Towers. Thank you, Nina Levin Towers. Her performances don't always land. See, my job now is I work for a genetic testing lab that focuses in women's reproductive health. Specifically, I help women get coverage on their prenatal testing. And working in women's health, I've learned a lot about women's anatomy. You, sir, did you know that women have three holes down there? I sure didn't either. <laughs> and my gut reaction was, no way. You must be smoking something. Oh, oh? Is she ready? She sucked a lot of flamers to earn her third hole. Welcome to the stage, Tracy Otomi. <laughs> Thank you. Tracy Otomi is a real queen in Nashville, Tennessee. I've also learned a lot about genetic conditions working in a genetic testing lab. And for couples that have genetic conditions, sperm donation can be a great option. Sperm donation can also be a great option if you just have an ugly husband. <laughs> I don't know if that's covered under insurance. Mm. I feel bad for women with ugly husbands. I do. Because let's face it, ladies, it doesn't happen the other way around. You're not going to find some fat Walmart shopper named Janet rolling her electric wheelchair down the ramp to Brad Pitt's sex dungeon. Because <laughs> if it did, I'd be, on one, I'd be on Amazon buying one immediately. <laughs> oh, oh? Is she ready? She's the foreign beauty. Does, oh, she's apparently, she is ready. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that one more time for Joanna because I know that she likes this one. Oh, oh? She's the foreign beauty designed to come exactly when you want her to. Welcome to the stage, Glamazon Prime. Oh, I'm sorry, what was that? You guys, Glamazon Prime couldn't be here tonight. She got arrested for tax evasion. I'm just kidding. Glamazon Prime didn't get arrested for tax evasion. She got away with it. So with, for women that have genetic conditions, the probability of that goes up with age, and it can become more difficult for women at later ages to conceive, which is very sad. Oh, oh? Is she ready? She's had trouble getting pregnant from Folsom weekend butt sex orgies. <laughs> Bless her heart, she keeps trying. Welcome to the stage, Percy Sistance. So sperm donation can also be a great way to make money. Men can make mm, about $100 for donating your sperm. And women, on the other hand, can make up to $20,000 for donating their eggs. It might be the only place where being a woman gets you paid more. <laughs> oh, oh? Is she ready? Her 401k is a child support check from her NBA baby daddy. Welcome to the stage. D and Amy! You know, I tried donating my sperm and was rejected. 
I was rejected from donating my sperm. Turns out there's a limit on the number of sexual partners you can have as a way to prevent the transmission of STDs. Now, I won't give you guys a number, but let's just say I've taken a few too many sperm donations of my own. I had so many sexual partners, I'm not sure the sperm coming out of my body would have been mine. I had so many sexual partners, I could have op opened up my own sperm clinic. We might have had some legal liabilities, though. A lot of donors were anonymous. You know, religion is another reason why some women don't do sperm donation, which I never understood. See, my Catholic grandmother always told me it is better for your seed to land in the belly of a whore than on the ground. <laughs> I've lived by that advice my entire life. <laughs> oh, oh? Is she ready? Gay conversion camp turned her from a top to a bottom. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Peaches Christ. <laughs> so I do want to try out one more intro, and it's for the same queen. But I want you to do guys to let me know with your laughs which one you like better. All right, we're going to do this one again. Oh, oh? Is she ready? Her cinematic rhetoric has inspired a legion of thirsty followers. Welcome to the stage, Peaches Christ! It seemed pretty even. I don't know. You like the first one? Okay. Okay, good. That's, that's one that I've been going with for most of my performances. And um, I actually got the chance to intro Peaches Christ on my talk show, which was an incredible moment. Um, but I didn't get a chance to ask her all the questions that I wanted. So if you know her booking agent, or you are them, um, I'm available. <laughs> so while I love women and pregnant women, kids are another story. I guess that's inevitable with pregnancy. <laughs> this kid the other day called me a McFairy. Translation, McDonald's faggot. McFairy, I mean, what was this kid trying to say? That I'm cheap trash enjoyed by homeless people and bodybuilders on their day off? <laughs> my, formerly home, my formerly homeless bodybuilder husband would say yes. <laughs> it's a true story. So if I was going to be a McFerry, which I decided which was much easier than the alternative, punching a child, <laughs> I decided that I was going to make a jingle. But I needed something that was going to be familiar, catchy, and fairly communicates that I sweat a lot. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this soggy chicken breast? I'm still working on my pitch. <laughs> so before we wrap up today, let me just say that I'm 100% all in for making life better for women in this country. Thank you. Just like I am all in for going to hell after introducing this next queen. Oh, oh. 
she just had a bunch of children shot up inside her. Welcome to the stage, Sandy Hooker! So I actually, I actually did that joke in uh, Livermore last night. Thank you. I did that one in Livermore last night, and it was a show about four people. And one of the women in the audience came up after me and told me, I'm from Sandy Hook. And my, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, you always stand behind your material. You always stand behind your material. I'm like ready to go at it. And I have a like nothing prepared at this point to come at this woman with. And she thanked me. She thanked me for talking about it because nobody has been talking about it for a long time. Polly Pop Tart 2028. So if you guys liked what you see tonight, would you please, 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 if you, if you have it in your heart and in your textual abilities, to follow me on Instagram at 365 Days of Drag Names. Thank you so much. My name is Polly Pop Tart. Polly Pop-Tart is such a professional, I didn't even have to light her. Like, you know exactly what 10 minutes feels like. You're like, oh, I know. Uh, no one puts baby in a corner. Woo! That's what I feel like this dress is. Yes. Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, shit. It's, but there is actually no menopause for men. Like, if menopause was like, oh, I only have 30 seconds before it just pauses, like, I'd be like, oh, you have an infirmity. Oh, you're, I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going to be, I was telling everybody earlier, I'm going to be talking about menopause for the next six years, I guess. <laughs> it's only been two months, but I'm like, seriously, this is going to last Six years? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, adolescence was like three and a half years max, and this bullshit? Seriously? I'm gonna smell... I, I lost my sense of smell, thank God, because I know I stink. I can't stop sweating. Like, it's just constant. If dudes went through menopause, there would be, like, a thing in their shirts that was like a pad for an old period pad, but it would be up against your arms, and then you could just remove it and throw it away, because because I'm constantly sweating. It was San Francisco, like, oh, it was 75 degrees in San Francisco. Everybody, I'm like, is everyone in menopause? Because you finally feel it. It's hot. It's fucking hot all the time for no reason. It's only been two months. We have six years to talk about it, friends. I'm, we're all fucked. Poor, my, no one talks about it. Where are the books? I've never heard about this. I'm 45 years old and no one told me. No one said this was going to happen this year. No one was like, I, I mean, the only good thing about it is like I can wear sexy underwear. Because <laughs> like, there's no, finally, I don't know if I'm going to ruin all of my sexy underwear. Like, yeah, oh, I can finally wear weird silky things because I'm not going to bleed all over them. Yay. Like I have to, oh, I'm accidentally bleeding everywhere. I thought I was going to miss this shit i was like oh i'm gonna miss it so much and i'm gonna get a tattoo on my uterus to commemorate its disuse and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tiny skeleton baby kitten and it'd be so cute right and that was fun like a little
little skeleton kitten, like all curled up there, right? I'm in. I want I love kittens. Babies, not so much. But now I want, suddenly I've never wanted a baby, but I want a baby. I don't want a baby. I don't want a baby. But suddenly I'm like, I've lost my sense of smell and I'm like smelling 24-year-old boys on the bus. Like it's bad. It's like I have no sense of smell and I'm like... Are you gonna? Dude, like you have, you have like you have like thirty seconds to put a baby in me. <laughs> like my body is like, it's ending, it's ending. Oh no, oh no! I've never wanted a baby, and suddenly it's like, have, I don't really, I don't want a baby. It'd be the worst. Like I can barely keep my cat alive. <laughs> like it's. I have a plant, a cat, and a boyfriend, and they're all alive, and we're all doing okay right now. Like it's. <laughs> Everyone's sort of eating enough. <laughs> the, the cat more than anyone else. We were sniffing. Now that I've lost my sense of taste and smell, I could eat cat food. Like in the apocalypse, I'm all about that crave, man. That's like fucking pate. It is. When I put it out, it's got like a little bit of the like gel on the top, kind of like the fatty part. Anybody like pate? Anybody like foie gras? Just me? All right. It's cool. <laughs> Now that I can't taste or smell, I just use caviar from gross out as like salt. <laughs> like that's when I, you're like caviar from gross out. I know, gross, but awesome salt. It's like th those fish eggs have to die in my stomach. You know, like I don't want them to die. Right? Fish, all the eggs. I like how they pop, pop, pop in my mouth like little bits of salt. I can still feel salt, but I can't taste it. It's so weird. I know, heat, I can feel heat and salt and sweet a little bit, and it's all funny, but I actually, um, poop and coffee smell the same. <laughs> so it's like my boyfriend farts, and I'm like, is it morning time? Are we having, <laughs> like, he made some fresh coffee. It all smells the same to me, and it kind of smells like bananas. It's weird. It's like... <laughs> Like nothing is what it is. And I cook for a living. Did I say that? <laughs> try my try my pot food. Everyone eats them. It still tastes good, I think. Like I I don't know. I don't know. It looks right. <laughs> your your next comedian has been a friend of mine for so many years and he's been on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. And I put it didn't use the cute pictures we put out of you today. They were like really attractive, cool pictures. I was like, put that on your fucking website. He like saves the world. One time I was with you and we were at the um, the Ritz in the Half Moon Bay and we were downstairs and we were chilling out in the room with the tea after the whole stuff. And I'm looking through a magazine and he was quoted in an article about toilet paper. And it was like, don't use like this toilet paper. It is like Rolf Scar. And I'm like, I know that guy. You know, it's like... <laughs> Anyways, he's so funny. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Rolf Scar. Yay! Happy birthday to Pam. Let's celebrate Pam in this wonderful room that she's put together and maintained for so long. It's such a gift to this community and to comedy. And we have to laugh if we don't because we're hurtling towards death. <laughs> and it makes every moment sweeter if we recognize that. Oh, guys don't have menopause, but we do have second puberty. Do you guys know about that? I'm 44, Pam's 45, second puberty. Go to the barber shop and they're like, uh, do you want me to do your eyebrows? I'm like, do my eyebrows? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, man, you're starting to, uh, you gotta do the nose, you gotta do those wiry weird things coming out of your ears. Yeah, if I don't do that stuff, I look like a wizard gnome, you know, that lives in a little hut 
with sticks and mud. It solves people's riddle, like answers their questions with riddles, you know, in the forbidden forest. Like, do not seek what you wish to find. <laughs> find what you are seeking. Mine's just, just, just puff out. Yeah, his kind of connected, but mine just go, boo. I shaved my whole back before coming here tonight. The whole thing. Because I'm a professional, and I want to put on a good show for you guys. Guys, we're hurtling towards death, but I was hurtling down I-5 the other day, and I saw a Denny's sign, and that's normal, but what wasn't normal was on the Denny's sign, it said, new, order online. And I was like, now wait a minute. Does that mean someone's planning? Preparing to go to Denny's? <laughs> ahead of time? Was it premeditated Denny's? <laughs> now every time I've gone to Denny's, I've been in a car with a bunch of hungry people late at night and we're trying to get somewhere else, but we're desperate. <laughs> and we don't know, we're just like, uh, well, everything's closed. <laughs> I guess there's Denny's. That should be the slogan for Denny's, or like, gotta eat something. <laughs> Denny's. Or, you guys get that? If you're on acid and you're a teenager? That too. It's a little longer than a slogan. Like, a slogan would be more like, you're driving around, and you're like, it's either that or the gas station. Yeah. Denny's. No, but apparently it must be a thing because they, like, people, humans that walk among us apparently are bringing out their phone and they're just like, nah, nope, I'm not going to find out where other restaurants are. No way. It's Denny's. And I'm going to let Denny's know I'm coming to Denny's ahead of time and I already know what I want I'm just gonna dial it in and that way when I get to Denny's they'll put it in a box in a bag so it can cool off and I can take it out in that bag and the eggs can slide around on the pancakes and all over my hammies I'm going to eat it alone in the motel room or in my car. Denny's. It's a bad life choice if you're doing that. Just, you know, maybe step back and consider what sort of choices you're making. I know I make bad life choices too, sometimes because life comes too fast at me. You know, like an opportunity comes up, I'm sort of like, oh, there it went. Oh, see you later, opportunity. I was in a TSA line all bored and just, oh my God, suddenly I saw this beautiful woman. She was enchanting, like everything about her, the way she looked, the way she carried herself. She had a backpack instead of a roller bag. That's hot to me. It's like outdoorsy and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> roller bags suck. And she's going through that scanning machine. I just got distracted. And so I forgot to take out my liquids and take out my laptop. So they had to send my bag through again. And by the time I got through, she was gone. I'm like, I never probably see her again. It's just one of those things. It felt like, I know she didn't maybe have the same reaction, but it, it could have been something special. But then I got to my gate and she was there. I'm like, oh, maybe she's on my flight. And I got on the flight, sat down on my seat and she comes down the aisle like, oh my God, that's her. And then she puts her backpack in the bin in my row and sits right down next to me, you guys. I'm like, oh my God, this is like a real opportunity, but 
what do I do? I, I need to start conversation, but I don't want to be creepy. I want to be creative and, and sort of thoughtful and nice, but I don't know what to say. I'm tongue-tied. I can't be like, oh, where's your flight going to? Because that wouldn't work. I needed something to happen. I wanted like a distraction, like an engine catching fire while we're still on the ground so we're safe, but we can like joke about the oxygen masks or something, or like <laughs> someone gets in a fight with a stewardess and has to get escorted off by the air marshals. You'd be like, whoa, wow, that'd be a conversation starter. Or like an animal gets loose inside of the cabin of the plane, you know, like a chicken or a pigeon or a pot-bellied pig or a pygmy goat or like a marsupial or a small monkey, you know, because then I could be like, whoa, that uh, howler monkey could sure throw its feces pretty far, couldn't it? Uh, I tried to block it with my in-flight magazine. It didn't hit you, did it? She's like, no. And I'm like, my name's Rolf. And then she's like, I'm Vanessa. Next thing you know, Vanessa and I are talking about howler monkeys, how I saw them when I went to Costa Rica the previous year, and then how she wanted to go to Costa Rica last year to take an intensive Spanish course, but she didn't get to go. You know why? She had a controlling boyfriend who was jealous and wouldn't let her go on, his, on her own. And it turns out the whole time she was cheating on her with that girl with the big boobs at his office, and she only found out because she got chlamydia from her through him. She's over it now because she had full-spectrum antibiotics, and she's over him too because you know what? She doesn't even know why they were together for so long. It's like they weren't a good match for each other. They didn't have much in common, and he was so self-centered. And she's back out there now, and she's trying to date, but no one on the apps is who they say they are. They always text about anal way too fast. And out in real life, it's like she can't find anyone because she feels like there's no real men left in the city, and they're all transient or self-absorbed or too busy. I mean, she wants a guy who can like do things with his hands, you know, like build a bookshelf out of reclaimed wood or like, you know, win a bar fight if he has to, you know, but still has like a big heart and is emotionally available and, you know, can stand on his own two feet and, you know, cares about the world, is independent, but can make her laugh and wants to wind his life together with hers like a beautiful tapestry. And the flight was starting to descend. I'm like, I, you know, we've been talking this whole time and I'm like, you know, Vanessa, I, I don't want to be too forward, but listen, you said beautiful tapestry, right? Have you ever seen the blankets woven by the indigenous peoples in the Mexican state of Chiapas? Because um, I'm going there in two months to take an intensive Spanish course <laughs> and uh, build orphanages for, you know, orphans <laughs> whose parents died from climate change. And I just wondered if, sounds crazy, but you should come with me. And she doesn't say anything. She stares at me. I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm too forward, but I think you should come with me. And she just looked at me in the eyes, and I looked her in the eyes, and time seemed to stand still, and she was beautiful, and I felt beautiful. And then her op mouth opened, and she leaned over, and she kissed me. And then we start kissing, and then we start kissing more. And it's starting to get kind of hot, so she takes off her seatbelt like she's unhooking her bra, and then she knocks up the armrest and gets on top of me. We started sort of grind, you know, grinding, like dry humping. She's squishing the Mexican language Sudoku that I've got in my lap and we're starting to descend and so the stewardess is like ma'am get back in your seat and put on your seatbelt and I tell the stewardess in an authoritative voice mind your own business and she does and that makes it even hotter for Vanessa and I know she has a connecting flight so I'm like Vanessa I need your number I don't want to lose touch I need your number and she doesn't say anything she just lifts up the back of my shirt she scratches her number into my back and it hurts so bad but it feels so good and it's amazing because when I get to my hotel I look in the mirror she scratched her number backwards so I could read it normal, you know, like an ambulance behind you in traffic, and it's your real number, and we go to Chiapas, and we study Spanish together, and we build that orphanage for orphans from climate change. 
and we score a bunch of hallucinogenic mushrooms, and we study the Kama Sutra, and then we get going for a couple of days, tripping, Kama Sutra sex, yelling out in broken Spanish, and we realize that the Western dualism of body and mind and self and other is not real, it's artificial, and we meet the thousand spirits in the sky, and they shower us with a million blessings, and we're like, that's it, we gotta get married. And we've been embraced by the local community. So the local priestess does the ceremony, and we wear clothes just made of organic orchid petals harvested by the children the way they have since time immemorial. And since our love started in the sky, they give us a hot air balloon and it's full of all kinds of provisions there's wicker baskets full of heirloom organic vegetables and fruits and there's gourds full of orchid nectar wine and coconut water and there's a bunch of mushrooms and then we're off into the sky waving goodbye tripping and sipping on orchid nectar wine making love screaming out in terrible Spanish being serenaded by endangered parrots and hawks and we slather in each other's bodies with coconut water so we don't burn and it's warm so we don't get cold and then we finally land on a tropical island and it's dope so we never want to leave and then we find a suitcase full of bricks of cocaine on the beach and then we sell that for money and so we can start our own eco-friendly bed and breakfast animal rescue center dive shop nightclub and it works out really well and we save a bunch of sea turtles, and we help restore the coral reefs, and we serve vegan gluten-free pancakes to tourists, and they write really good reviews on TripAdvisor, and then we get really popular, and we make love at least three times a day, and it never gets old. It's always fresh because we found the true secrets to love in life, and we're like, we can't keep this to ourselves. We have to write a book about it, and we write a book about it, and Oprah really likes it. She puts it on her book list, and it gets really popular, more popular than Deepak Chopra because he's a fraud, but our stuff is real. And it helps millions of people around the world and the wars in the Middle East cease. And they decide to give us a Nobel Peace Prize, but we're like, you know what, we don't need that. You just keep it because we have the real secrets to life and love and happiness, all because someone brought a howler monkey on the plane. Now, now, none of that happened, of course. None of that happened, of course. I said two things to her. Hi, and uh, sorry, I gotta get up to pee. <laughs> Thanks very much. Give it up for Pam Benjamin, the birthday girl. Rolf Scar's amazing. Isn't he amazing? I know. He commits. I've known him for years. He doesn't even do stand-up anymore. I just bring him out every year for like weird. He's like a guy. He works for Greenpeace and shit. He like actually hugs trees and saves the world. And then every once in a while, he comes out and he's hilarious. Clap it up again for Rolf Scar. Yay! I'm always so honored when you take your time to be here because I know you could be in Antarctica saving glaciers or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> All glaciers matter, and there, and there are none of them left. It doesn't even matter. Just don't even worry. There's no glaciers left. It's fine. Uh, your your next kid, and it's not funny, but it's like kind of like oh shit, like is it? Oh, are there? I got to see my parents took me on a cruise when I was 18 to Alaska, and I was like, this was weird. And I was like, oh, we can drink, yeah. And then it was all old people, and we're like, let's look at glaciers. But I was so hungover that it was like, oh, let's look at glaciers. <laughs> 
But there was there was a night where my dad was like, we have to wake up at 5.30 because we're going to be in this kayak and we're going to like kayak around and it's going to be awesome. And I was like, all right. And I threw up so much. And then I got up in the morning. I don't even think I slept because I was just like throwing up in the shower because it was the cleanest place to do it. I was 19. I was really trying to work it out. Anyway, I, I, I'm in this kayak and I'm like, I'm going to die. Everything's going to be Okay. But we were, we were kayaking and I remember paddling and we were literally hitting salmon with our paddles. It was so weird. Like I couldn't not hit a salmon. I was like, I'm sorry, salmon. I want to eat you, but I can't stop touching you with a bat. There were that many, but I got to like experience the beauty and wonderment. They were like, that's a glacier. And I was like, I'm so hung over. But like, yay, I got to see a glacier. So thanks parents for being rich. Yay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry you don't listen to this podcast, but if you do, please donate to Mutiny Radio. <laughs> they, they already told me that they have a reverse mortgage on their house. They're like, you're never getting anything ever. And I'm like, I never have. It's cool. They sent me 50 bucks on my birthday. I was super stoked. Yay. I put it into a $50 bill so I wouldn't spend it at a bar. <laughs> because like, I'm going to break that shit. Well, keep it. Anyway. Uh, your next comedian, she is like the, it's funny because you're, you are like the girl version of, not that like gender matters, but you commit, your next comedian, she commits to everything she does. She's such a beautiful actress and comedian and performer and like performance artist because like her commitment is like, like I like she dances she sings she moves you put your hands together everybody for Joanna Bateman oh yeah Joanna Bateman happy birthday um this is uh how um vain I am as he was telling his story about the woman I was like I wonder if that was me in the airport <laughs> I think I'm the very attractive I think I am and I, I I think I am a beautiful woman and I'm just gonna I say it you know we all need to say it she's beautiful she's beautiful we are beautiful women women are interesting to look at women are all enchanting given the chance to admire any woman in line at an airport I've once fallen in love with a 13-year-old girl and her mother in line at an airport. She was wearing hardly any clothes, and the mom looked pissed about it, but not in the way like, my daughter's dressed, you know, scantily clad, in the way that's like, fuck, my daughter's hot, you know? And I loved it. I love women. I think women are fascinating. Uh, yeah, it kind of goes all the way back to, to Eve, right? I mean, that's like the first story we're told about woman, right? Although, if you are into Jewish mysticism, uh, Lilith was kind of the first woman. Uh, Lilith was the first woman. She was made man, Adam, and then Lilith, or I don't know what order it went in. But Lilith wanted to dominate Adam sexually and he was intimidated and said dad I don't like this she's not like pretending to be dominant she's really dominating me <laughs> you know because like now I, you know pretending to be dominant you're like I want to get on top you know like but Lilith was really on top so she got out of there and then from Adam's rib he created Eve 
And I, I, you know, I relate to Eve, I must say. I come from a long line of ribs. <laughs> like submissive, like creatively brilliant women, but serving the man as a little helpmate, you know. My uh, mom and mom before her, they were wonderful moms and had jobs, but they they made a house a home was their primary number one. They knew a thing or two about knickknacks, you know. And that's really what makes a house a home is the knickknacks. If you walk into a woman's house and there are no knickknacks, that is a Lilith uh, like descendant. If you walk into a house and there are blue ceramic ducks on the mantle, that's an Eve. <laughs> and I, I relate to, I relate to Eve. I, I, I'm a, I'm a rib. I love it when my boyfriend calls me, you know, pet names like flower and buttercup. It reminds me of simpler times when I was just a little rib, you know, like objectify me. Turns out I am a piece of meat, you know. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit about me. I'm, 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 I, to, 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 to just get more in depth, I'm from Ohio. Okay, yes, and I, a lot of people are like, oh, I have a lot of friends from Ohio. Like California people are like, oh, I have so many friends from Ohio, they're the nicest people. It's like, yeah, because they got out. <laughs> they're very happy <laughs> to, be, to be away from that, the, the diaspora of Ohioans who have found the liberal coasts and are like, well, it's not humid here. Maybe that's because uh, the humidity is just a bunch of unanswered questions hanging in the air for decades. Why did they sequester off the roots of the KKK and allow it to annex out the popular vote? Anyways, um, too real, I know, you guys, but we have to be real. We have to speak the truth because we have to, what else is life but not to be talked about? Like right now, Adam, Eve, they're in couples counseling. Like I saw it, I live streamed the whole thing. And mainly they're upset because the Garden of Eden is being run over by Turkey, like tanks right now. And shit is sad. Shit is very sad. And I tried to make myself feel better. I must admit, I try to make myself feel better. Every night I lay down and I open up my phone <laughs> and I scroll Instagram, obviously, but it's Ariana Grande's Instagram that brings me peace. It is. It is. She is me, is you, is we. We are her. You're right, okay? Her terrorist attack was your terrorist attack. You know, her dead ex-boyfriend is your dead ex-boyfriend. Like, the dog that he left behind that she's now taking on a world tour is your dog that your dead ex-boyfriend left behind that you have to take care of? I mean, it's not all the same, but in a way it is, okay? Like, her strength is your strength, and you have to hold on to that in these times. You have to hold on to that. Thank you. Next. You know? Like, we can be strong even though we're falling apart. So I lay down in my bed, 
and I watch Ariana. And by the way, this is, she's on tour right now. She's in Germany or something. She'll be at the Chase Center in November. <laughs> I'm not kidding, okay? I'm a fan. I'm from Ohio. Pop culture was my culture, okay? It's all I had. <laughs> so Ariana, she sings to her audience of millions, sold out arenas all over the country like this. Yeah, you know, this is, this is needy. She sings a song about being needy. I can relate to that. <laughs> she sings a song about, you're not my boyfriend, oh, and I'm not your girlfriend, but you don't wanna see nobody else, and I don't want you to see nobody. I can relate to that. <laughs> you know, it's like she, Anyways, so I'm obsessed with Ariana, and I wanted to politicize her a little bit for the sake of the truth that needs to be told. And so I thought, of all the women running for president, who would Ariana Grande get behind? Kamala Harris, most definitely. Because Ariana has aligned herself with really powerful black people, uh, singers, songwriters, Tommy T, uh, Victoria Monet, Taylor Parks, like pretty, pretty cool black people. And she's like working with them, you know? And she's a white Italian from Boca Raton. So like, so, and, and that's fine. It is what it is. It's just the truth, okay? The comedy is that I like to impersonate her for you tonight as a singer for Kamala Harris's 2020 campaign theme song, okay? So ladies and gentlemen, this is Ariana Grande singing for Kamala Harris. Yeah, I gotta get it. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, you love it how she moves Yeah, you love it how she touch you, Kamala. When all is said and done, we need a woman in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> Kamala, she is so fine, yeah. Trump is such a waste of time, yeah. <laughs> Prosecutor and the senator, see the way you like it, how she climbed the ladder. <laughs> Back to her knees. <laughs> Refuse to relive last election. I'm sorry that I give you erections. You gotta listen, I'm a sexy mouse. We need a woman in the White House, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love to sing, I love to sing. Singing is a great way to say words that you're too uncomfortable to say. Um, uh, here's another song for you. Uh, do you believe in life after Trump? <laughs> Russia raped our election four years ago. Donald J is a rape baby, oh no. <laughs> I'm not falling for it no more. Pelosi's taking it to the Senate floor. Oh, oh, yo. <laughs> Donald J is a rape baby, okay? And they're trying to take us Brett Kavanaugh style to another Ukrainian rape party, and it's not gonna happen! 
Kamala's gonna prosecute that shit, or at least we hope, right? Um, all right, that's my set. I am so appreciative of this time. Do I have more time? All right, um, so like I said, I'm from Ohio. Uh, <laughs> change of pace. I thought that was the climax, but let's just like come back. Come back. I am from Ohio. Bay Area is like my Europe. This is as well traveled as I get. Someone the other day was like, I'm really well traveled. I was like, me too. You know, <laughs> came all the way from there to here. Um, my mom, let's get more personal and a little heavy, suffering from cancer. Truth, telling it, yeah, it's hard. We all know someone who's dealing with that bullshit. And uh, this is how I've processed it. This is good. I'm gonna take you down for a second, but I promise I'll bring you back up. Um, the, her cancer came on her vagina. And in order to uh, surgically remove that, they needed to remove her whole uh, stomach, colon, and the vagina itself. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> doctors were doing that, but they are. I didn't know a doctor could one day just be like, oh, I need to take your vagina. <laughs> but they are. And I learned that information, and it was shocking to me. And I, she went the chemotherapy route, uh, which is another horrifying situation. And she's doing good. You know, she's doing good right now. But the way I processed that information was... Okay, so if a doctor can one day take out my vagina, I gotta touch that motherfucker as much as I possibly can while I have the time, like while I still have it. Like, and it's not just for sexual pleasure. I have found out the clitoris is like a GPS. Joanna no longer Google Maps, Joanna taps. Like if I'm lost, I'm like, where do I go? <laughs> and it tells me, it tells me where I need to go. Sometimes I'm in the, it works for like menial decision making. I'm in the line of the grocery store just rubbing away. Uh, for, the, for the radio listeners, I'm touching myself right now actually. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> with my mind. Um, but yeah, I'll be in the grocery store and I'll be just like, you know, kind of conflicted. Like what do I want for dinner tonight? Broccoli or zucchini? Zucchini it is, it really, like use your clitoris while you can, is the message there. Touch yourself, okay? Yes, my mother, I told her that joke. She said, please don't joke about this disease. I was like, I have to, otherwise I'd be crying, you know, like we need to laugh, we need to cry, we need to do this stuff. Um, and my brothers, we're just going down the family here just so you can get to know me, know where I'm coming from, my perspective on life. Very, very limited perspective. Uh, my brothers, I have two older brothers, they used to um, fart in glass jars and then screw the jars up. And then days later, like force me to smell the jar. So, yeah, you know, I think like, when a girl tells you that she wants you to choke her in bed, it's because a long, long time ago, people that she thought she wanted love and affection from were torturing her. <laughs> and so she's messed up, but it doesn't mean she's messed up. It just means she's a little messed up. I, a lot of comedians are like talking all the time about like, my girlfriend asked me to choke her, and I did, and it got weird. And it's like, well, 
it's not weirder than the fart jar that she had to suffer, you know? Like, it's no weirder than her brothers forcing her into some cabinetry and opening all the doors so she's locked and then making her eat salt and pepper until mom finds out. Like, torture, love, love, torture. It's not that hard to figure it out. Um, All right. And lastly, my father... I will end with a little anecdote about Rick. Uh, work from a family. We're not, you know, no talking about uh, religion or, or politics at the dinner table. So it just left us to really just talk about like nostalgic memories of our old dog who died. You know, like limited conversation. But as I've grown up, I'm like, no, I'm gonna do my part to eradicate racial injustice. And I'm starting with you, Dad. So I'm, <laughs> I'm on the phone. I'm like, so what do you think? What do you think about all of this impeachment stuff? And all the man can talk to me about is his new chipper shredder. Yeah, that's all he wants. He redirects every conversation to his new chipper shredder. He's making his own mulch, I guess. Does anybody else's dad like to take pieces of wood and turn them into smaller pieces of wood? Just mine? Yeah. He's making his own mulch, I assume, so that he can bury his ever-awakening conscience. (laughs) Take that, dad. All right, thank you so much. You've been a pleasure. Joanna Bateman's on Instagram. Pam Benjamin's birthday. I look forward to the six years of gorgeous jokes of enlightening us. You're amazing, everybody. Joanna Bateman, yay! That was rad. You talked about your family and your brother and stuff. That's cool. I hadn't talked to my brother in like seven years, and he came out last night for my birthday. He just happened to be in town. He saw me do comedy for the first time. I've been doing comedy for eight years. There have been multiple opportunities for him to see me in his town of Seattle. I've been in comedy uh, festivals. His wife has seen me in a comedy festival. Uh, his wife, I call her my sister, Sister Katie, shout out. Uh, she's seen me in multiple things, but he, it was the first time he saw me do comedy. And I gotta tell you, I wore makeup, I was sweating, not just because of the menopause, but I was like sweating. And I was like, oh my God, I have to be pretty enough because he's still, he's still, I mean, he's always been kind of fat. Like not, I mean, he never listens to the station, so it doesn't matter. No, he does triathlons now. I asked him last night, I'm like, when's your next triathlon? He's like, well, I have to postpone this one because everything hurts, like my whole body hurts. I'm like, I know, I, I, I can barely do a handstand anymore. I found, <laughs> I found out that in San Francisco, 50% of our homeless population is over 50. Not to bring us down, but I'm 45 and I can barely get out of the bed in the morning. Like I waddle to the toilet and I'm like, and I like stretch, can do the splits and yoga and shit. And I'm like, oh, but in the morning I'm like, but if you were 50 and you were fucking homeless and you lived on a piece of cardboard, Jesus Christ. Does anyone have a heart in this city? I'm sorry. You all do because you're here at Mutiny Radio, and that's awesome, and you love free speech. Yay, give it up for yourselves. Yay. But like, oh, shit, we have 8,500 people that are living on the street, and that means that 4,250 of them are over 50, and that's crazy. Because 45, I'm telling you, everything is falling apart. 
It is really scary. Nobody talks about this. No, there's. I haven't seen. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, you just this this you just sweat all the time. I smell so bad. Like I just, I have. I think I smell. I I lost my sense of smell, so I smell like, like poop and coffee and bananas. They all smell the same, and I smell like that. And I'm like, oh, that means that smell like something. I have no idea what's happening on the bus. When the Asian lady's like, oh, oh, I think she's talking about that guy. It might be me. I don't know. I have no, I have no idea what's happening anymore. I lock the door so that we can all do all this stuff. Yay. Yeah, I closed the door. That's cool. Do you guys want to hang out and listen to weird jokes for a minute while I... It is my birthday. I get to talk. Is it okay? Is it okay? It's not my birthday. It was yesterday. Oh, but I did. I did get everything I wanted. Like my brother, who's never respected me, I think respected me for a minute. It was like a really big moment. It was like really big. I was like, oh, I did it. Oh. I have only one trans moment. Like uh, when I was twelve, I was a mediocre girl ballerina, but I was like, I could be a boy. If we just take me out of the dumb little skirt and put me in the little tight things, I'll lift the girls. I don't care. I'm very strong. I've got big legs. I'm a mediocre girl ballerina. I'd be a star. I can do double turns. None of the boys could do double turns. I'm like, I'm the, make me the boy. But it was the 80s. They're like, don't be all faggy about it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I just want to be a boy. I just want a penis for all the rights and money they're entitled to that part of it. That stuff. I don't know. I've gone to a lot of school. And I'm like, everyone said, hey, if you go to graduate school, that's when the real money, once you get your... MA and your MFA after your BA. This is where the real someone will respect you as a person. And I'm like, oh, I'm just used to sucking cock. No, it's the thing about the thing about the glass ceiling is that I just want to press my boobs into the glass ceiling. Do you know what I mean? I just want to take my boobs and press them up against the glass ceiling and be like, is this good enough? Come on. I can't see the nipple hairs anymore. It's so weird. My beautiful boyfriend, what a joy and a gem. Everybody clap it up for Jonathan, run the ones and twos tonight. Also, my esthetician plucks all of my hairs, booby, the whole face. I can't see anything anymore. I beer goggle myself every day. I'm blind. I'm 45. I can see nothing. When I'm texting, it's all a guessing game. It's like, it's again. Did you get that? Fine. Is it close enough? You'll figure it out. It's, I have no idea. I can't see, and it's all too tiny, and the buttons. And the nipple hairs, I can't see them from here. And what am I going to do? Like, I can't even pluck my own eyebrow hairs because I have to put the glasses on and I have to put them low enough on my nose to be able to see that they exist. But I can't because I'm in the way, but I'm not in the way. It's a problem. It's Jonathan plucks all of my hairs. He's such a joy. He's such a gem. And he is. And the other the other day we were at the, uh, the bus stop and he looked at me and he's like, I love you so much. You're so beautiful. Yeah, the sun just shining on you. They have two hairs right there. If I could just get those. I have tweezers in my bag. He pulls out the fucking knife thing with the tweezer accoutrement. Boop, boop. Like at, I'm like, in front of people? What are we doing? He's like, I love you. I love you. 
You can't let people see you like this. No, but it's on the bus. I don't know if you guys have seen the awesome, I want to be an old Asian man. I want to have this. I have a mole. I want it to grow so long. Have you seen the Asian man on the bus with the, the hairs are so long? You just want to pluck it. You just want to touch it. You just want to go. You just want to pull it out, but you can't because you know that that is racist. But you got it. You're looking at it and you're like, "Ooh, I want to get it." It's so long. I want to. Why can't I grow one of those? I want it so long. People want to pull it because I'm a woman and they pull it. They'd be like, "Fuck you, bitch." Catcalling, complimenting. It's weird. Who's been catcalled in here? These beautiful boys have obviously, all, of, all three of you have been catcalled. You're like clearly from Sweden or some shit. People all day have been like, ah, Vikings, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, all the meaty thighs. Mm, you've been catcalled as well. I don't know, there's some guy on the 14 talking about fingering white boys butthole. Well, that is definitely catcalling. It definitely counts, it absolutely counts. I didn't understand catcalling until I got a cat, a baby cat, and I was like, come here, kitty, come here. I love you, come here. And he's like, Mm-mm. I'm like, baby, baby kitty, I love you. Baby kitty, I love you, I wanna pick you up, I wanna pick you up. I pick my cat up without consent all the time, and then I, I, I flip him over, and I make him a baby, I'm like, you're a baby kitty, you're a baby, you're a baby kitty, and it goes, and I'm like, you love you he's like, I'm like, all right, all right, I'll let you down. And then I give him food so that he's happy and I can train him in the future to love being abused. Anybody else love? No, I, I, I do. I under, I'm learning the difference between cat calling and complimenting because I work. I live in the TL, the Tenderloin. And, um, and when I was walking down the street today, um, men were very effusive. Uh, and one gentleman said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. That's a compliment. That's not a cat call. That's a compliment. That's a well-formed compliment. Felt good about it. Loved it. Kept walking down the street. Another man said, you got a nice fit on today. Double entendre and cat call. I, I am fit. I'm wearing an outfit. I got it. Cool. Keep walking down the street. Another gentleman says, girl, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Oh. How quickly we go from cat complimenting to cat calling. Oh, no. <laughs> why, why do you want to smell under my skirt? Why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? That's a little weird. It's, it's kind of gay, bro. <laughs> you, you into that shit? What are you doing? Like, come on, man. You know the smell of a freshly plowed field? Like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm sorry, that's like the most racist joke I have. That's like the most, I'm sorry, that's my most racist joke. My ex-husband was African-American and, and it was weird because he was the first guy I ever had uh, sex with. And um, so every, I go to these parties and people will be like, your boyfriend's, or your husband's dick is huge. It's huge dick. I'm like, yeah, it's huge dick. It's great, big, huge dick. Oh, oh, all the time. It's big dick, big dick, black guy, big dick. And so then I got diver- divorced. And we were, he wouldn't let me watch porn or have a dildo. Like, and I didn't ever understand why. Like, I was like, never like, oh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, because I was raised really Christian. And I just never thought, I was like, oh, this is just the way it is. Because watching porn is dirty and weird. And I don't even know. Oh, no, everything's great. 
huge dick, huge dick. So then we got divorced, and I moved, <laughs> I moved to San Francisco, the Sodom of Gomorrah, right? And I slept with my first white guy, and I was like, oh my God, your dick is so huge. And he said, six inches, it's pretty standard, really. <laughs> And I was like, perspective. Like, oh, perspective is so weird. It's just, it, th that's a joke about stereotypes. <laughs> Not everything you believe is real. Um, I'll leave you guys with my favorite stereotype. Uh, everyone imagine the T-Rex in your head, right? T-Rex bones in your head, right? He's up there, he's got a big hip cap, he's all f forward. There's actually, no breastbone, just a bunch of like ribs just sticking out here now. Hip cap. Why the hubris of man to take the coolest, biggest dinosaur and make him walk on two legs? Ah! He has an articulated spine from his head to his tail, and yet we put a hip cap over this way. What I'm saying to you is that everything you believe about everything is wrong because the T-Rex bones put together wrong, right? T-Rex, if you take that dumb hip cap and you flip it around, you make it a breastbone, those big beefy legs become big beefy wings. And those little tiny legs, move them back, make them actual legs. Have you ever seen a bird with big legs? No. The front legs, the front hands are legs. Duh, duh. Right? Like we have all this mythology about dragons and we have no dragons. The T-Rex was a motherfucking dragon. The T-Rex was a dragon. Right? Look at a T-Rex bones. He's got these dumb things down here. What are these dumb things down here? I've deboned like more than 50 birds and they all have these weird parts down here that come out of here because they're wings. Sorry. My point is that I'm kind of dumb, but I've come up with these things that are like, I'm like, we don't even know. Here's my other, here's my last thing I'll leave you with. I don't, I don't want to TED talk it out, but like when we, when we take the, when we take the dinosaur bones, when we take the dinosaur bones out of the ground and we call it oil and then we replace it with water and then we get all butthurt when like tsunamis happen. Duh, right? Like you took like mass out of the ground and you replaced it with less mass and then suddenly there's a tsunami in Fiji and everyone's like, oh, what the fuck happened? Meow. Am I not like, like I'm not the smartest person alive, but please, is anyone thinking about this? Like, and fracking? Like, let's take all the stuff out and replace it with water. And suddenly, people's houses are falling. No? <laughs> take all the oil out of an engine and replace it with vodka. Well, I, we, just, we just need to actually use the solar energy to do everything. I just don't understand why we can't. Hey, every, everything is meta. Everything is back technology. If our cell phones exist because of Star Trek... I've been watching Star Trek The Next Generation again, and Wesley Crusher just needs to come back into my heart. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, bring that boy back. Like, the innocence of the 24th century. Can we bring that back to now? <laughs> Sorry. He's on Netflix right now. I'm obsessed with 
Oh, it's a great, that's a great one too. Well, any, it's one of the best Stephen King adaptations. But fuck that into the grass thing. I feel like he's selling out. Mm. We're, we're, we're deteriorating into all kinds of stuff. I'll just close out uh, with my favorite closer. It's a new one. Um, my boyfriend and I had a day off together yesterday. I know, it was amazing. He did the sexiest thing. Laundry. <laughs> That's what he did. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you all night. Thanks to all your comedians. Joanna Bateman, Folly Pop-Tart, Rolf Scar, Annette Mullaney, and Ian Levy. Thank you guys for being here. Yay, good night, yay! We're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Hey, you open micer in San Francisco comedy scene. Maybe you want time to do jokes. Well, this is the place to do it. Mutiny Radio. We have three open mic a week just for you. Monday's joke workshop from 6 to 8. Come and get four minutes and four minutes of commentary from your comedian peers. Come on Fridays for happy hour 6 to 8 here at Mutiny Radio. All the comics. Wonderful, hilarious people in the scene. Get to know them. Hang out. Do a set. Have it recorded here and on a podcast at mutinyradio.fm. And come in on Saturdays from 4 to 6. Get long sets because no one ever shows up. So it's like stage time and people can listen. Come on by to Mutiny Radio. Get your comedy on, baby. Tell me. What you think about your situation, complication, aggravation, is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there.
caption reads, get a girl that can do both. six o'clock it's uh one week uh not even till easter have you seen that vigilante man have you seen that vigilante man have you seen that vigilante man i've been hearing his name all over the land yeah, this week on Bug House Square. Well, what is a I don't know. I got I got some. Uh, I got a lot of contributors. Tell me what is a so we'll get into that. I got um, uh, some flea market finds. We'll get into that. Uh, it's gonna be a good show. I I I, I feel good about it. Rainy night down in the engine house. Sleep. Just as still as a mouse Man come along and chased us out in the rain Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days we'd pass the time away Sleeping in some good warm place Man come along and we give him a little race that a vigilante man preacher casey was just a working man and he said unite all you working men killed him in the river some strange man was that a vigilante man <laughs> 